Hey, good morning to you. A happy Thursday. It's Bruce. It's Judy. It's Cheese. The gang's all here. Yeah. And it's not pouring outside. We'll take that, right? Not yet, anyway. It's always a chance of rain, if you've learned nothing about Chicago. Well, right now, there's always a chance of a storm. There's a chance of a tornado, apparently, every day. It just never ends. That's been crazy. Absolute news to me. I got uh, an alert when I was flying uh, and couldn't get back. Uh, I want to say it was from American Airlines. And it said, your flight has been delayed due to tornado or hurricane activity in Chicago. And I went, I'm pretty sure it's not a hurricane. Uh-huh. I'm going to go out on a limb. But here. you weren't absolutely sure. I know I'm not. I mean, at this know. point, what yeah. would you... There's a hurricane coming right. off the lake. Okay. What else wouldn't you believe? Never Martian know. invasion. At we O'Hare have so Airport. many tornadoes now, we should just start naming them like they do the hurricane. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Oh, only if they let us name Come up with some good yeah, ones. Yeah, we'd have to name them good ones. School is coming back. Uh, as a matter of fact, I say coming back. For some people, it's already started. Yep, Have you already started sending your kids back to school? 312-591-8900. And more specifically, are they wearing masks or not? Because we have a patchwork again. Uh, we have a lot of suggestions recommended. But if here's your exception, it seems to probably be more confusion than not. But we are moving forward. Yeah, I think in Illinois, I know masks are have been mandated in the schools by the governor. So I think, uh, so suburban schools, I, I believe many, many districts are uh, starting today. So universal masking, social distancing, hand washing, sanitizing. Here's what you won't see. No high fives, no fist bumps, <laughs> oh, hugs, on. or handshakes. Good now this luck. is just general for most of the uh, districts. No high fiving. No high fiving. We're still at that point. No, you got to still stay away. So Mundelein but High the wrestling, School, but the wrestling program <laughs> still moving forward. Uh, yeah, fall sports, <laughs> full speed ahead. We're, yeah. we're wrestling yeah. like it's nobody's yeah. business. Yeah, and that we're rolling brings around up a good point. I guess they'd have to wear their masks when they're doing when that. wrestling. When it's fall sports, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't think. Well, my son had to wear them for okay. volleyball. They yeah. had to wear masks while playing volleyball. Yeah, and it's really? some, some of the tournaments. For uh, uh, teams from out of state, sure. they didn't have masks on. Any team from Illinois had masks on. Because yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. So the, the whole vaccine thing, you know, they're, uh, according to the story, and this is, like I said, just a couple of schools that they they focused on here. So generally, schools are not going to ask about the vaccination, which to me... Whether or not the kids are vaccinated. vaccinated because for sports... That would be, that's a good question, because if you are wrestling and you know everyone's vaccinated, maybe you are a little bit less I make fun of wrestling to require the masks. Just because it involves... It's close contact. Yeah. Very close, I'm yeah. led to believe. I've, right. I haven't wrestled in a while. But, I mean, many other sports also involve you at least being around uh, the players, either your own team or the others, traveling locker together, rooms. locker room. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's yeah. almost impossible to socially distance and play football. Yeah, I guess yeah. my guess right. again. Now, At least not well. How's right. that? We're playing six foot tag <laughs> <laughs> or three. It's really three to six feet. That's what they're recommending. So this is interesting. Students who come into close contact with someone who tested positive for COVID will now be able to test to stay. It's called in school. So you have to test negative. So you don't remember you'd automatically Before it was you, you, you had to go you're and, done. Yeah. yeah, had to go home. Now, and like U46, I mean, we talked about this the other day and many other districts are going to use the shield. Oh, uh, the COVID testing from U of I. Yeah, saliva testing. Yeah. yeah, but so yeah, they slightly are... less invasive than them poking the back of your brain. <laughs> yeah, that freaking 
huge Q-tip. Oh, my gosh. I, I, it's terrible. Oh, I cringe thinking about it. Well, yeah. the first few that I did, I did myself. And, of course, I did a fabulous job, and it didn't hurt at all. But the last one I got was a guy who did it. Yeah, I really, I started crying. I mean, involuntarily, my eyes were just gushing water. Well, yeah. I mean, because he was touching the back of my eye. I was gonna say, my eyeball. I was gonna say, <laughs> uh, you, you tend to know. <laughs> you have a much better idea of how far. Here's that how bad thing. you know how you know it's gonna be bad when the guys the entire time. I'm sorry, sorry, so oh, sorry, sorry, oh. sorry, sorry, sorry. Skip saying sorry. No, like that is not helping. Yeah, yeah you're not. Yeah. yeah, can we find someone who's maybe knows how to do this better? <laughs> yeah, oh, doesn't feel the need to he, apologize. Are you kidding? He's the only guy there. I was happy to even get it done. So one more interesting thing. Some of the schools are going to now have an open um, campus policy for lunch again. And you know, a lot of so you, schools... You define open, open, po- what does that you mean? You can leave. You can leave campus for lunch. Usually it's the upperclassmen, the juniors and seniors, but maybe all of the... Um, and this is high school, of course. So you get a half hour, say, for lunch, or maybe you have two classes together an hour. You poor kids today. Yeah. You know, back in I the went day. Out, I went home for lunch. I lived across the street oh. from my well, high see, school. Yeah, not everybody uh, has that. I went that. to yeah. Taco Bell every day or yeah. McDonald's, you know. We went we went down the street. Yeah. Freshman, but sophomore, that, junior, that senior. That is Nobody, not normal anymore. Yeah. They, that hasn't been normal for I could come and go as years. I pleased. Yeah, no, no, I, no, I, yeah. It wasn't prison. It was school, well, for God's sake. I mean, sakes. I think the after 9-11, a lot of things changed. You did not leave right, campus. which made no sense whatsoever. Oh, and visitors allowed back into many schools. Now, again, they must have been banning visitors last year if they were open for covid none of it seems to make a whole lot of sense it's just moving yeah, a bunch Bruce, of different you can't directions. just walk in a school anymore oh no way that's what you think no you can't no when you go in there's a security guard there saying what are you here for yeah. and i'm like i'm just picking up a parking pass for my son okay right over there yeah. you know, anytime you go in you have to um, sign in you have to go yeah. oh, anytime you go you have to sign in at the office yeah we had a little doorbell on our you ring the doorbell <laughs> ding dong yeah they there's a screen can I help you? Yes, I have an appointment with so-and-so. They would buzz you in. Security guard would be sitting right there. I don't care yeah. what they do as long as kids stay in school. Because <laughs> if they go back yeah. to remote learning, my son is done. His senior year is over, and he will I, not get his diploma. It sounds like nobody is talking about that. They are not. But the, And that's why they're they're trying to avoid that. I mean, yeah. I think a lot, the of these, are back, and that's a lot why, of these yeah. rules are an effort to avoid some mass breakout, some, you know, half the school testing positive. I mean, positive. a month or two ago, we were looking forward to schools opening with none of these mitigations, really. Yeah. Right now, yeah, we've got so. all the mitigations because nobody wants to close those schools. I'd well, be shocked. I, I hope part of it is a realization that, by and large, l- last year's School year, school semester, both semesters, yeah. school year, was a complete waste. Oh, complete waste. It was an absolute throwaway. It, it, did not, it did not live up to, for many many kids and parents and teachers, it, it did not live up to even the, the lowest expectation of what a learning environment is, about what kids learned, preparing them for the next grade, etc., there's just no way. And I've talked to so many kids about anytime I get around kids, I ask yeah. them, start, I start quizzing them, you know, about distance learning and what was that like and, and uh, how is it different, you know, and do you want to go back? By the way, the kids by and large don't want to go back because they love being able to play Xbox all day long. Exactly. I mean, why wouldn't you? 
It's like summer well, vacation, funny. except kids, you have to log on to a video every once in a while. The kids I talk to are dying to go back. Oh, no, I haven't For met one yet. For the social piece. Yeah. They're, oh, they, they all really hang out with their friends. They want to see their friends. So. <laughs> oh, uh, the ones I know, they, they all hang out with their friends. In, and, yeah, yeah they, they go play, and they're you know skateboarding or whatever during the day, and then they just can do their school. And And one of the arguments is they think they can get it done a lot quicker. You know, that they only have X amount of hours as opposed to a school a school day that has all these other things in there, and it drags it out longer. Again, more time to play Xbox. Exactly. More, more PlayStation time. And it's easier to cheat, let's be honest with you. <laughs> I tried telling my kid that. It's even easier to cheat. I couldn't even figure that part out. You couldn't figure that part out. So yeah. whatever they got to do, as long as kids stay in school. I know there's a couple of school districts where the parents are, you know, protesting about masks, bring the smile back and all that. It's like... Paint a smile on the mask. Right, exactly. Okay, like yours, exactly. Do you know what we did every school year when my children were little? I had a big group of friends. We all had kids the same age. So, you know, three I had three kids and everyone else had three, four kids. We would drop the kids off at school. Okay. We would head to someone's house. Right. Sometimes mine. And we would spend hours drinking and partying. Doesn't surprise me. At Eight o'clock in the morning because yeah. woohoo! School's back. back in yeah. School. Oh yeah. my gosh. First day or every day? No, it's every day. <laughs> Get that big box of Ernest and Julio yep. Galloway. Yeah. Yeah. Box wine yeah. out. And then we would have to then we'd all go home and take yeah. a nap to sober up to go pick the kids up. Um, yeah, but I mean, it was like we would so look forward to that first day of school. It was party time. Yeah, yeah. margarita Mondays. And I got to believe there's plenty of parents that are rip roaring ready for oh, their yeah. kids to go back. It's and whiskey Wednesday yeah. for a lot of people today. I don't care if they have to wear masks or we have to wrap them in bubble wrap. It yeah. makes no difference. Them. Get them to a school now during the pandemic. Probably looked a lot of different. It looked really different for people. Uh, gyms, fitness centers, are they in danger of becoming the new blockbuster video? Are they in danger of? Basically, it's technology. Yeah, is technology going to make it so that you're like, oh, remember that was funny when we used to go to the gym? Oh, that was so cute. Tell your kids about it. Used to go to a place to work out? (laughs) Mom, tell me how it was. Tell me about the olden days. Do you still go to a gym? Are you still needing that? Or are you working working out at home? 312-591-8900. Because it seems that technology has fundamentally changed the way people can work out. I mean, before, you couldn't possibly, like, afford all the equipment. And even if you did, um, did you know how to use it properly? Maybe you need a little bit of motivation yeah. along the yeah, way. Some people need to leave and go somewhere to go work Go somewhere, out. right? Um, but now, th- they'll bring the gym to you, for lack of better terms. Not just Peloton. There's also that. Have you seen the mirror? Oh, yeah, the mirror. You stand in front of it. You stand in front of it and somebody yells at you. I'm assuming they yell at you. I don't know. It's like a magic mirror, yeah. Faster! Pick down your knees up! You know, because that's all I ever think of uh, is going on in the gyms. That um, so many of the, uh, so much of the equipment today comes with a a video screen and and you're literally um, in a virtual classroom, if you will, with a trainer. With uh, your workout team, your partners, if you will, and you never have to leave home. And I can imagine uh, we talk about things that happen because of COVID, and then you think about things that might stay. It strikes me that I think gyms. Oh yeah, might want to be I a think little COVID worried. totally changed that industry because people, of course, they were closed, and now even though they reopen, a lot of people still aren't going because even if they they're not working out at home, the whole issue of they just that's one of the places they feel the you know, almost 
not safe at all in mm. if they're if you're that kind of person who's going to judge it by that so they're not going anyway and uh, we talked about this uh earlier off the air midge and i um cheese and i i you know i went i i, I lasted a good oof, four months <laughs> and yeah. to a gym and you know and then i just i get bored but i have but i'm the type of person who i have to go out to where if I if you I'm have gonna, it in your basement, oh, you're not going to no. do it. I will walk by and ignore it and pretend it's not even. You'll there. buy that Peloton yeah. and hang clothes on exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah. Very very. I'm more expensive the I'm more the rowing machine type, but yeah, I won't. Uh, you know, I'll buy stuff and not use it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, I, I mean, and I think part of it is yes. If you just have the equipment sitting there, I get it. But if you know there's like a, you know, your trainer, and you turn the screen on. And they're literally, you know, coaching yeah. you, yelling at you. I say yelling. I know that they do more than yell, but listen, that's what I think. Yeah. They're no, they're right. yelling. They're screaming. Yelling they're at screaming, you. screaming at you. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that, that is something. And again, the technology is going to keep moving forward, moving forward, moving forward. Yeah. And these industries that have, you know, they're the ones that are growing. They're the ones that are doing well. The home fitness, the, the technology ones, while the, the gyms themselves are are suffering. Hey, Jerry in Laporte, what do you think about when you think of gyms? You, you'll you'll never replace them. Okay, there's something there's something uh, inspirational. Um, you gauge yourself when you go to a gym. You look at other people and go compare yeah, yourself to the others. Right. Absolutely, that's the part I hate, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I love. That's, that's the, the part, part I hate. I'm yeah. like, I can't. I can't lift that. It's also a little I can't bit. Of, it's that. also a little bit of a social thing too, right, Jerry? I mean, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's social. Absolutely. You know, um, you 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 talk to people you would never meet out on the street mm-hmm. because they're looking at you and you're looking at them and they're <laughs> yeah, you're you're you know you're you're excelling. You're you're creating. It's a positive yeah. thing. It's not negative. You're not tearing no, other people down. You're kind of in this cool exclusive club, right? Mm. Well, put know? it this way: I met my ex-wife. At a gym. This isn't so, a selling I mean, point no, for me, I by know. the way. Was she showing this you how to use the equipment? Point. No, yeah. I was the trainer there. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, See I was a personal trainer for years. I worked at gyms for years. 24-hour Nautilus. All right. Jerry's got an interesting point. John, you think that the gym world might change a little, though. What What? What? What is going to change in the world of gyms, fitness centers? Well, I, I'm just not sure that the your, your big chain gyms will survive. But I, I do see, like, if you have a gym in a condo complex that everybody is paying for. Mm. Ah, uh, yeah. Those will probably stay open now. We have one here in our building. Literally. Yeah, so you're right. That I is have one so in my, much in more my building. I have a gym flash. I, you haven't seen either one, have you? I, have, I don't have any idea where it is. <laughs> I don't even know what floor it's on. But think about it. I can go to work, and, and <laughs> yeah. before I go home, work out, and get it all finished, because I look at it as a chore. Oh, yeah. yeah. Working out, yeah. I think John's on to something, though. That the, the really big yeah. ones, the, the you know, the size of a, you know, of a Walmart with all the equipment lined up. Maybe maybe that's going to be a little tougher, but that, that people are still going to want to exercise and work out. Yeah, I think they're going to struggle. Well, we have a Planet Fitness. I'm not trying to pick on them, by the no. way. They're just literally right outside our, our door here. 
and I walk past it every day. I get I get a little winded just walking yeah, past right? it. Yeah, right. That's like, the workout there. Oh God, I'm going to need a break. Yeah, but it's at the top of the stairs. It is at the top of the stairs. <laughs> I do lot. have to go. I do have to do to that. There. Yeah, uh, I've counted them. You uh, know, I pass LA that, Fitness every day. It's packed. Really, this one isn't. That was my point. I got, yeah. I see people in it every once in a while, but I I hardly get a sense that it is hustle. So maybe and it'll muscle. just be like you know, like that McDonald's that does well. They all do well, but the soup, the one that does super well, mm. right? The the but don't Party the, ones will survive. But like you said, all the buildings around here have like smaller ones. Yeah. Yeah. I use it term more exclusive. Maybe you don't have to have a membership to it. And I see them everywhere, uh, you know, because living on the 23rd floor, uh, you know, I can look out the window and I can see everybody else's life. I keep forgetting they can see mine. But the point is I can see out and I see the rowing machines. I see the yeah, stationary yeah. bikes. You know, mm-hmm. I, I see all this stuff and I'm assuming... I'm assuming that these are not people that are also going to gyms. They've replaced that in some yeah, way, no. shape, or form. Like, I have a brother who works out every day, and he's like Jerry who called. He, yeah. he wants to go to the gym and do it. It's a social thing. It's like a social thing. And Jerry it's, a, it's a, hey, my muscles are bigger than yours. I was going to say. bigger guns yeah. than you, dude. Oh, it's yeah. the gun show. Look just at that. a tighter t-shirt. Yeah, just get <laughs> there. I spent all my time yeah. saying, You're down to you, an extra medium. Yeah, Good for you. Could you show me how to work this? Because I would sit down and be like, oh, I yeah. have no idea what, what the hell I'm doing. What kind of contraption is this? This looks like a medieval torture device <laughs> I'm sure I was using it wrong. I humans are supposed to use people that. Kept, well, keep, people kept smiling and laughing when they walked by. You definitely were using it, wrong. using it wrong. Definitely yeah. using yeah. it wrong. Still yeah. time for our criminal of the day. i got to give a shout out to the Saskatoon Canadian man okay. who found out the hard way. You can't do that with your helicopter. Allegedly, <laughs> the man realized a bit late that he was supposed to pick up the birthday cake. So he did what any of us would do. He fired up his helicopter and flew it down to the local Dairy Queen, landing in a nearby parking lot. Police say the copter, quote, blew up dust and debris, which they will, in an area that includes a school and an aquatic center, which I believe is Canada for pool. I'm 100% <laughs> make it sound sure. nice, yeah. yeah. His passenger jumped out, ran into the DQ, and picked up an ice cream cake before returning to the aircraft and heading back home. Two, obviously, an annoyed spouse at a birthday party that I assume is already underway. Oh. I told you to pick up the cake this morning, right? Uh, You know that was what was happening. And in a blow to the hopes of everyone who dreams of flying cars and avoiding traffic, the man was charged with one count of dangerous operation of an aircraft. So for using your whirly bird to pick up an ice cream cake... Who do you couldn't do that? You, unnamed Canadian man, are the Bruce St. James Show criminal of the day. All suspects described above should be considered innocent until found guilty in a court of law, no matter how crazy they are. Come on. Good morning to you and a happy Thursday. We'll go ahead and jump into our 6 o'clock hour. Here are the big three stories that everyone is talking about. And Cheese will start us off. Mask debates are raging across Mm. the country as parents are divided about having their children masked at school. I'm Mm. sure we will hear much about this as schools kick off this week and next. Judy? And will we need a third booster shot? Get this, at least a million people have already gotten an unauthorized one. Mm. The FDA expected to soon okay those boosters, Bruce. If you build it, they will come. That's I, can't, I can't do James Earl Jones. Can't <laughs> even come close to it. But the, the Sox and Yankees uh, begin a three-game series in Iowa at a temporary 8,000-seat baseball park on the Dyersville, Iowa farm where the movie Field of Dreams was filmed. The Field of Dreams game, first game, today at 6 p.m. Nice. It has obviously been a very difficult time 
uh, not just for uh, law enforcement, but I think for the community at large. As uh, we we mourn Officer French, we learn more about her, her life and what she stood for. Uh, I think it is very safe to say that all of the, the stories that you hear, not just from her fellow officers, but from citizens that she came into contact with, Officer French was an example of what we want Chicago police officers to be. Yeah. Making it all the more a, a, a tragedy, if you will. Joining us right now is Brad Garrett, ABC News crime and terrorism analyst. Um, and, you know, Brad, we're just the latest. Sadly, these stories are playing out everywhere where, you know, there really is there's a divide and it's it's making the streets less safe. We're not we're not unique, I would say, in Chicago, but it certainly feels different this week. Well, as well it should. I mean, if you start to look at the the number of police officers that take their own lives, I mean, many studies sort of get to the same conclusion that law enforcement is at the highest risk of committing suicide. So there is that side of this story, mm-hmm. but I think. It becomes it becomes bigger to your point, Bruce, when you look at where we are today, because you know law enforcement to a certain extent is a reflection of the rest of us, and if they don't feel like we don't feel supported, we don't feel like the, the community and or the bureaucracy has our back, um, and then you're asking us to do a very difficult, particularly in Chicago, difficult, dangerous job day in and day out, um, you get less effective law enforcement, again, to, to your point. And, and people, law enforcement is only as good as the community helps them, as that's the bottom line. Now, granted, you have neighborhoods in Chicago that that's a that's a tough nut to crack as yeah. far as getting, getting people to cooperate. I'm only suggesting is that how to police treat people, whether it's conversations on the street, whether it's their informants, um, or whether it's bad guys they're talking to to get information, it's all about building relationships with people. Again, I don't. <laughs> I want to stress that that's really difficult. I've done it in some really bad neighborhoods in D.C., and it's not easy. But that's where you kind of have to start with this, because it's it's like the police clearly have not done everything wrong. They have done some things wrong. Some of these shootings that you and I and others have talked about uh, is a real issue, and it tears down relationships between the police and the community. Um, But that's what really has to be built back up. If, Mm. if in fact, you want to take back, let's say in Chicago, particular neighborhoods where I think a lot of your violence day in and day out is occurring. But, you know, it just seems to be such a fine line to how you do that right because you can't you, you know you can't just ignore those cases where police have you know shot people and, and and you know the two big ones that everyone knows about but there are many more and it almost seems like um the, the law enforcement you know they I, I mean are we at the point yet where law enforcement is acknowledging the problems within their own ranks or is it still you know because there used to be a time not too long ago where if there was a police shooting that was bad a bad, bad police shooting we all know what that means you know the rank and file would just stand down they would not even comment on it and almost 
you know, and in people's eyes, that would be like, well, they're they're an accessory to it now. They're not even saying that. Yeah, we acknowledge we have bad cops. And I, and I just cause I'm just wondering where we start with this, because we have to acknowledge that. Right. But we also have to say ninety nine point nine percent of the police force is good. Right. Right. And transparency here is the key. When you have police shootings, and I think in, it varies, obviously, from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, you're seeing more police chiefs or deputy chiefs coming out and giving more information or as much information as they can give at a particular time. Um, I do think that helps some, but you also just cannot go, go back to the sort of the same way you were policing prior to maybe a shooting. In other words, you have to deal with the crime and the chaos in, in, in some communities, which we all know is off the charts in, in certain communities. But the point being that relationship still has to build. And it's something that you can't do in 10 minutes. I mean, every time there's really a bad, to, to use your words, a bad police shooting, you set back law enforcement a long way particularly in communities that already don't trust. I mean, you go into affluent neighborhoods in Chicago, and they probably don't have any negative things to say, by and large, about the police. You go into some of these other troubled neighborhoods, and they're mad. And some of them are mad for legitimate reasons, because how they were treated or how they were stopped on the street, Um, whatever it might be. It's all of those things that you have to keep sort of constantly working on. Uh, You know, when you talk to somebody who's, violent but very troubled they're still a human being it doesn't mean you don't arrest them that doesn't mean you don't have to chase them sadly it maybe you have to shoot them at some point if if it's justified but you still have to treat each one of them as humans um if you want to get if you want to make a community better it, it, it's a it's really a big ask of of certain communities but that's what you have to keep working on you know, we appreciate your insight into this. He's Brad Garrett, ABC News crime and terrorism analyst about, you know, police having to do some things differently themselves. It's difficult to have that conversation right now when the police themselves are are really feeling. But I wonder, pain. I feel like our officer French, she was one of the, it seems like everything we're hearing, she yeah. was one of those officers who was, you know, on that path to, hey, she was a com- you know community gonna, officer. Going to do this differently. Right. I, think, yeah, I wonder if that's what makes it even hurt more. Right. I think she, so. she seems like one of these great, but you know, police officers are all good. She was like, wow. And now she's been gunned down. So one of the things that, that disappointed me yesterday, and we had a chance, I know we talked to um, Alderman Lopez uh, about how Mayor Lightfoot would react. And you know, there's the the images of the police turning their back and the kind of the controversies that are swirling around some of the uh, um, incidents that happened uh, yeah. after the the death of Officer Officer French. And I would say, frustratingly and sadly, as opposed to what I wanted to hear from Mayor Lightfoot was, I hear the frustration. I know that there's tension out there. I saw the officers turn their backs. I know that the family may not have wanted me me to visit, but I'm committed to repairing this relationship. I'm committed to working together, and I accept my role in this. That's not what she said. (laughs) She absolutely came out, which sadly has been her M.O., 
and blamed everyone else. The media is making up this story that there's a rift between police and the mayor. Really? We're making this up. What what <laughs> bubble are you living in? What world are you in that you don't see what is painfully obvious in front of everyone else? And I think that's really one of the frustrations when you get down to, you know, the nitty gritty with with Mayor Lightfoot is a refusal to accept reality, to, to I, not be I truthful would, with us. Yeah, and I would agree, but I would also say there's enough blame to go to both sides as well. I mean, you have the FOP president there also using politics. Yeah. And you know what I mean? There's but, enough blame on both sides. But, yeah, the mayor is really. The mayor needs she, to take we, a leadership yeah, responsibility. We've talked about her failures, you know. That's the job. Yeah. Your so, job's not to to get to play the lowest common denominator. Your job's to rise above it. Well, and she and did, I don't see She did what that. we've been talking about, what she's been doing her whole tenure so far, is whatever she wants, right? People are calling her a bully. They say that she doesn't listen to the people around her or maybe only to the people very close to her and not everyone else. So, yeah, it's very frustrating. But and and really at this time, I don't want I I'm tired of hearing about this part. I only want to hear about Officer French and what a wonderful, you know, police officer she was. And, you know, you want to make sure her family is not, you know, they're not looking at this like what's with all this politics surrounding the death of our, you know, family member. Yeah. It's just it's appalling. You know, when you talk about um celebrity couples or even even couples in real life, like we all know that one. Are you we all have one that we look at and go Usually it's let's be honest, it's the guy. And we're like, well, he is really batting over his average. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Scarlett Johansson and yeah. Colin Jost. How how about this? I go back in the day. Okay. Billy Joel Christy Brinkley was the one that <sighs> made me believe. <laughs> There is no woman on the planet that's out of my reach. If Billy Joel, <laughs> who no one has ever accused of being a sex pot. Yeah. You know, and at the time, Christy Brinkley was like the, right? And yeah. I went, oh, that's yeah. it. All bets are off. No one should ever say, oh, she's out of my out of my league. But you, Cheese, I know, have uh, a specific problem with David Schwimmer. Oh, God, he's just talentless and a hack. <laughs> I know he's from here. People love him, but he's just such a. I, 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 I can't even like say it on the radio. The words I want to use. <laughs> Thank you for not doing that. <laughs> I'm. I'm trying. To, I'm struggling to understand why you. He's not a nice him. guy. Oh, because you've not met a nice him. Guy. And he's not a nice guy. Just not friendly. You've just, met him. Yes. Oh, okay. Way just way too cool for the room. Not too cool for Jennifer Aniston. Come apparently. on, Jennifer. Really? She could do so much better. Look at her. It's she Jennifer is Aniston. Yeah. She she is yeah. It seems like a downgrade. I'm oh, not gonna yes. lie. When you look at Brad Pitt Hello? to David Schwimmer. Gonna, yeah, I, Brad Pitt dumped Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. So think about that. Maybe David Schwimmer is right up her alley. <laughs> so she needs to look Maybe you need to hang out with, with Jennifer Aniston to find out how crazy she is. But you're putting ah. so much emphasis on looks. Yes. It's, you know. That's what we do. Yeah, it's so it's ridiculous. Here's it's the, not what it's about, obviously. Christy uh, Brinkley, Billy Joel, Billy Joel's huge. Uh, Christy Brinkley, I'll give her her six minutes of fame. Whoa. Come on. Well, whoa. you know what I mean? She's six minutes of fame. It's Christy Brinkley. Yeah, she was a model for a minute.
Right? Good night, Irene. Uh, her, she's more well known as, as you know, being married to Billy Joel. No. Oh, no way. No. Okay. I probably had to remind Billy people Joel, of that. Billy Joel, Christy Brinkley. Come on. We're... How many Sports Illustrated? Yeah, was, was Billy Christy Brinkley. Was Billy Joel featured? on the cover of? I don't I wouldn't know. Have How many was she on? <laughs> Maybe lot. two or three? I may have a few. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. You still have the poster up. <laughs> you know, Rob, Rob has on the inside of his, his closet. You open up the door and Christy Brinkley's on the inside of it. Is that her in vacation? Is that because you're making the Ferrari? Right? Yeah. The Ferrari. The, Ferrari. the actress, Fantastic. model. Fantastic. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sure All she's right. a great cook. Meow. So the idea, though, and, and you do bring up something interesting that, that if, you, if, if the stories are to be believed, that Brad Pitt had enough of, of, of Jennifer Aniston, it does lend itself to the, the theory out there that no matter, and, and this goes for guys and girls, no matter how attractive somebody might be. No matter who you think is the most beautiful, sexiest, whatever it might be, somebody on the planet has said, you know what? I am sick of your crap. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> At some point, somebody has gone, I just, this is not worth it anymore. Pack your bags, honey. Get out. That gives us hope as well, doesn't it? Yes. That mm-hmm. gives you hope as well that everybody, everybody has run into somebody else who's just said, I am sick of waking up next to you. I will do anything. But I get the the Jennifer Aniston thing is interesting. But and here's why. Now I'm not a big Friends yeah. fan. Actually, I probably watch more episodes now than I I never watched it when it was. You mean on. in reruns? Yeah, yeah, reruns. Um, I, I, what's the big surprise here? Right, they worked together forever. Yeah, but it's been a long time. A long time. Long time. But is this like the J Lo? Ben Affleck. All thing. right, I am Where so you, like, you come that back one. around. You come back around again. You know. Yeah. You know why? Because they they were really in love the first time. I <laughs> How watched, do we know that? I watched a special where he brought there her home. There was a home. special. Okay. Yeah, he brought her home. And it just, it, like, they, the special was just about how normal. these. Look at this couple. They're just named, you yeah. know, these really unbelievably celebrity names. But they're just like normal people. They He took her home to meet his parents. Anyway, I, I did think it was kind of cute. And so I was... Very happy. What is it? What to does open that look my like? People magazine and see them together again. When you and your Ben Affleck's parents are like, I'm going to introduce my girlfriend, J Lo. Come on. <laughs> like, they don't already know her. Is she going to sing for us? Yeah. What's, what's going to happen here? Gotta- now, let me ask now, are, these, is, are they a good match? Do they match up in terms of looks? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think Ben Affleck's a handsome dude, isn't he? Yeah, he played a good Batman, but. I just, you I you know, take everything back to superheroes. That's yeah, everything. <laughs> everything is a default to a superhero movie. He was better in the town. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that was good, good actually. Good yeah. movie. Mm. Well, uh, apparently, fans of Friends, you can be up in arms as David Schwimmer and Jennifer Aniston apparently are shocking. The up only one up in arms is Cheese. Yeah, he is very disappointed. Nobody, everyone well, else, is, everyone else is like, oh. And I love the fact that Cheese is more upset. Because he thinks David Schwimmer is a jackhole, then he necessarily loves Jennifer Aniston and feels like exactly. he got he got he got you know carved out of the deal. It's not because you're like I can't. Bl- Jennifer Aniston deserves better. You're like no, David Schwimmer deserves nobody. He That's deserves your argument. No- yeah, there you go. Got it. I just wanted to be 100% him and Kevin Federline should hang out oh, somewhere. Wow. The only right? thing that David Schwimmer was good in was as the voice of the giraffe in Madagascar. Wow. That's it. There you go. That That's ought to be at the top of his IMDb. I'm good sure for him. All right. Now I like him even more because he's the underdog here. He is, to say the least. 20 years after the uh, conflict, the war against terror kicked off, 
in Afghanistan. We are leaving. Yep. Afghanistan is sadly and predictably going back to exactly what Afghanistan has always been. A feudal system run by warlords with no centralized government and, you know, back to the Stone Ages. Yeah. What did we fight for? 312-591-8900. Can anyone point to success? Can anyone tell me why we sacrificed? Joining us right now is Tom Rivers, ABC News correspondent. And and Tom, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is, according to a variety of sources, um, they believe that the, the Taliban will take the entire country, including the capital of Kabul, within the next 90 days. That's that's some of the analysis that's going on right now. This is happening with shocking speed. Yeah, uh, to the surprise of absolutely no one um, <laughs> that's followed it over the past, as you say, two decades. Roll the clock back. Uh, Richard Holbrook passed away, sadly, just over a decade ago. Special envoy at that time to Pakistan and Afghanistan. We've got to get the heck out of there. Why? Because this is how the final chapter looks. If you're there for 10 years or 20 years or you're there for 100 years, you're not going to win militarily. And every year you tack on to that, more blood is spilled and also more treasure is lost. This thing has cost over a trillion dollars to the U.S. taxpayer. That's equal to the hard infrastructure plan that the administration is, uh, is working with right here, right now. Um, it's something, as I say, Holbrook said, look, uh, you leave when you leave, and uh, the sooner you do that, the better. Wow. Uh, but 20 years later? I mean... Uh, well, it's like nothing was gained. Yeah, what, 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 would have been, what was the magic number? Yeah. Yeah, what, what, where's the American public? Where was the, where was the anger? I don't know where it was. Um, but again, this thing just ticks over, ticks over, ticks over. At the time, 2010, remember the, uh, the surge... Mm-hmm. of the Obama administration, Holbrook said, hey, you know, I was a foreign service officer in Vietnam. That's not going to work. Uh, and uh, basically, in essence, paraphrase, that's amateur thinking. Well, yeah, it just prolonged everything. Um, and, uh, you know, who wins out of this? You know, the uh, military-industrial complex, war profiteers that manufacture and do things that they put on boats and send their planes to send to Afghanistan. You know, that, that is the, uh, in the equation as well. So, yes, uh, it, it is what it is. Ultimately, it will end whenever you decide to say we're going home because you're not going to ever put up a victory flag and say we won. Now it's time to go home. Yeah, yeah we're talking again to ABC News correspondent Tom Rivers. And, and, and count me as one who's frustrated. You know, the money is one thing, and I'm certainly not going to, uh, uh, you know, poo-poo a trillion dollars. But the, the lives lost. The lives changed forever. By the way, on both sides of the yeah. conflicts, innocent Afghans as well as uh, uh, American servicemen and women, as well as contractors, whatever. And for what? I, I mean, I can't be the only one that looks at it and says, so it's going to go right back to the way it was the day before we showed up. Okay, great. Right? Well, I mean, you think back uh, when, when Bush said we're going in to get rid of al-Qaeda. And that, that would happen pretty darn quick, as you recall. Mm-hmm. And then, again, oh, we're going to be there to educate uh, girls in school. Uh, Gordon Brown, Prime Minister, uh, 
a little bit later on here, and he said, well, well, why are we there? Well, he has to say, well, we're there because we're keeping terrorists off the streets of London. So the spin machine has been spinning for a long, long time. Um, and if you come to that realization, yeah, you come now to the final stanza and say, was it all worth it or not? And people are going to have to determine that in the next few days. Yeah. And what does the future mean? I mean, it's all the cities are falling. Now what? Now are we right back to square? Right back to square one? Certainly sounds that way, doesn't it? Yeah, we're pretty darn close. If we're not there, we will be soon. Tom, appreciate your insight into this. He's Tom Rivers, ABC News correspondent on the Taliban, basically retaking all of Afghanistan. William, in justice, what what is the root uh, behind this? What did we what did we not get to in Afghanistan? Opium, Cut oh, the money supply, yeah, and you solve the problem. The, 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 the major, uh, I guess you'd say, cash crop in Afghanistan is poppies, which is turned to opium, and it fuels a lot of uh, what's going on. These are these warlords, but they've been growing opium there, again, or poppies, I guess you yeah. should say, if I'm going to be technical, for generations. I think one of the problems is, 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 and replace it with what? We could have destroyed every single poppy plant in there and taught them how to grow wheat or something, anything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, well, listen, I mean... It, but why didn't we? Uh, it's a big country. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's well, a really big country, and we any... never controlled the whole, the, whole, the whole country like that. You know, we never were in control enough that we could tell people what they should... Uh, um, what they could or couldn't uh, grow. And again, this is... Keep in mind, it's it's not unlike... And you've heard about this in other places where where the drug trade is big. The guy growing the crop is not a drug dealer. He's not a drug kingpin. He's a farmer, yeah. you know, yeah. and and he grows what people will buy, you know, for all intents and purposes. Yeah, but when you have the Taliban in control, you know, that's how does that work? They just the, either you grow they... it or we're going to lop your head off. Yeah, exactly. So the Taliban is who you're calling the drug lords. Um, but I, oh God, this is, yeah, it's yeah. so, con- I, you no, know, I could the, read the, and read and read and yeah. it's, the, uh, there are warlords basically. And, and there are local fiefdoms is what the majority of Afghanistan is. It's not about a centralized government. They don't elect a governor or a mayor. You've got a warlord and, and this guy, you know, he rules with an iron fist. He might take care of people every once in a while, but he also kind of collects his taxes, collects his money from the people. It's a, it's a it's a, a feudal system, like going back to kings and queens, you know, and and serfs and peasants. And the majority of Afghans are in the peasant side. Yeah, unfortunately, right. You know, and again, they're a farmer. They're growing crops, and they just grow the crop that somebody will buy so they can feed their family. And I think it's a great idea. We should grow, teach them to grow wheat, but they're like. Yeah, no, they're not no, buying that. I got to tell you, they're really buying the 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 poppy plants. They they're big fans of that. Wheat, not so much. Yeah, they're not <laughs> not as much bread so as end, opium. What I'm asking is, in the Taliban, and the drug lords are in. They're working together. They're okay with oh, that. Oh, absolutely, okay they are. That. Oh no, this fight funds a lot of this. Okay. But but the idea that I would only I would only disagree from the standpoint of that cutting off that supply. I don't think stops their will or desire to fight, resist, and basically the argument. Because the Afghans, we're just the latest ones 
to occupy. We're, we're probably yeah. not even the last. Yeah. We're just, I mean, you can go back to Genghis Khan, for God's sakes. You know, they have been invaded and resisted invaders for quite some time. And, and everything I've seen and even hearing from some of the, the Afghan elders is, uh, they knew when the Americans showed up, we know you're going to be leaving. Yeah. We just don't know then, but you'll leave and we'll wait. <laughs> We've got nowhere else to go. We'll just wait for you to leave. You'll eventually get sick of this and you'll go home. And that's what's happening. And Afghanistan is reverting right back to what it mm. always was. And I just think it's so frustrating. Think about the sacrifices that were made there. And you look now and hear that Kabul may fall in the next 90 days yeah. as uh, the Taliban retakes all of Afghanistan. Illinois infectious disease physician, Dr. Susan Bleasdale is with us. Dr. Bleasdale, good morning. And I want to start right with the um, the concerns that pregnant women have regarding the COVID vaccine. What is the science telling us today? Well, you know, I think this is something that early on there were a lot of questions because in the first clinical trials, there was um, uh, not including individuals who are pregnant. However, um, there have been multiple high numbers of individuals who are pregnant who have received the vaccine, in particular in healthcare workers, because of the um, potential increased risk. So we have more and more data to support the safety and and efficacy in pregnancy. And so, you know, the the key points of um, someone who is pregnant is to understand um, the information and the risks. There is not a biological um, plausible risk to the pregnancy, and that is why early on um, CDC did recommend considering vaccination in pregnancy. And this was because that the, there is not a, a likely high risk in pregnancy from the vaccine. However, it is known that there is an increased risk to those that are pregnant from the COVID-19 infection. Mm-hmm. And that is the key, is trying to, to understand and balance that risk. And so it is recommended by the CDC for vaccination for those in, in pregnancy, trying to get pregnant and recently pregnant. And this is also supported by a statement by the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists as well. Wow. It sounds like kind of a you know, a difficult decision, right? Yeah. You have to decide whether, you know, is it worth it to get COVID and the complications or take the vaccine, which, as you say, I mean, the CDC is going to recommend it or has recommended it. But, you know, there are the people who aren't comfortable with with it not being that, you know, definitive recommendation or, you know, uh, decision from the FDA. This is always a, a discussion you have to have with your physician, right? So your obstetrician is the one that you need to be talking to and trying to understand that because it is confusing. And you're when you're pregnant, you want to make sure you're doing the best things for you and for your baby. I think the important thing for people to understand is while you are pregnant, you are at risk. Your immune system is is modified so that you can carry and grow another being in your belly. And so this is the, the wonderful way that our bodies work, but it means that you are more vulnerable than other people. We have good information um, based on the influenza virus that people that are pregnant, especially as we had um, uh, H1N1 in 2009, that disproportionately affected women who are pregnant. And, and we had, you know, just really sad circumstances where people were affected very severely 
like we're seeing with COVID-19 that puts the baby at risk and the mother at risk. And so are, do they uh, recommend the flu shot for pregnant women as well? Yes, flu oh. shot is also recommended for, for women as so well. So it's not like pregnant women don't get vaccines. They do. Correct, yes. The only the vaccines that are not recommended in pregnancy are those that are live vaccines because the, those are ones that are at risk. And so there are certain vaccines that you cannot receive while you are pregnant, um, such as the uh, the live chickenpox virus um, vaccine. You can't get the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine if you are not immune while you're pregnant. And those are that's a balance, too, because those are risks that if you get those infections while you are pregnant, those can um, affect the baby, but you can't get those vaccines during that time. So, so for influenza, for COVID-19, it is being recommended right now. Um, for whooping cough, that's another one that's recommended because um, it protects the baby when they're first born at highest risk. So, so recommending a vaccine in pregnancy is not new. Dr. Susan Bleasdale is a University of Illinois infectious disease physician. If I can switch gears a little bit. The other uh, topic, if you will, that's been coming up is the concept of a, a booster shot, a third shot in some way, shape or form. Where are we today with that? And do I need to start searching for another shot for myself? Yeah, lots of talk about the boosters. Um, I think that the people are concerned as we're seeing increasing cases. Lots of questions are, is the vaccine waning in protection? And it's not looking like that because we are seeing that, yes, we're more, there are more cases. And I think this is because the Delta variant is spread more easily. But it is still showing that those that are vaccinated are being protected against hospitalization and death. And so that's really the important thing to remember. Um, it's important to know that even though you're vaccinated, you can get it and you can spread it less likely than someone who's not vaccinated, but still going to be protected from that, from the hospitalization and death. Um, the booster shot now, you know, there, there is information that maybe we're going to need a booster. Maybe it will be an additional dose. It's likely going to be when we start doing boosters, people that we know that have um, some decrease, decrease in protection either initially or over time. And it's people that, they're, again, their immune systems are somewhat um, weakened, such as having had a transplant. Um, even as some of our older population um, may not um, manifest as much of a response from the vaccine, similar to why we do the high-dose uh, flu vaccine um, in the older population, too. So I think that's probably what we're going to see first from a booster. Um, but really important for for those that haven't even started to still get vaccinated, to get protected. There is that. Dr. Bleasdale, thank you for your time this morning. We appreciate it. She's with the University of Illinois Infectious Disease Department. She is an expert at this, and we learned about vaccines for pregnant women, and we learned about the booster shot today. A million people have gotten an unauthorized, as I said in my yeah. top of the hour. Unauthorized third shot already. Sneaking in and getting a yeah. third shot. Wow. I am waiting. I, I'm good this time. Yeah. Well, they're yeah, just handing them out crazy. like lifesavers yeah, these days. Yeah, but it seems like the booster would have to be uh, a different you strain, would like, or yeah. strain yeah, or yeah, something. They're yeah. Doing, yeah, they're they're just getting a third one. I'll like, take a third. By yeah. the way, uh, if you, two are good, three's better. Yeah, and you, fi- be. you Pfizer guys, Moderna now came out that I'm more protected than you. I'm just saying. Oh, come on. Good morning. Happy Thursday. We're going to go ahead and jump right into the 7 o'clock hour. We're taking a look at the big three stories people are talking about, and Judy will start us off. Have you gotten your third booster shot? Nope. Well, hold on, Nelly. FDA hasn't even approved those shots yet, but we're hearing it soon will. 
White Sox will be taking on the Yankees in a unique location today. The Field of Dreams. Literally an 8,000-seat ballpark in the middle of an Iowa cornfield that also was the setting for the movie Field of Dreams. It's going to be quite a thing. No wall, just a cornfield. Nice. I can't wait to watch. Yeah, it's going to be good. Well, mask debates are raging across the country as parents are divided about having their children masked at school. School's just kicking off, so we'll be hearing a lot about this. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose it is um, It's natural in some sense. When there is a officer who loses their life in the line of duty, I can understand that we have been focused on the, the who, what, when, where, why. The, the, the incident itself. Uh, yesterday, they, uh, we had some, um, I'm going to use the term play-by-play of the body cam uh, footage from both of the officers, both Officer French, who lost her life, and the other officer who was severely wounded, critical condition still. Um, we learn more about the traffic stop. We learn more about the shooters. We, you know, you know, we're learning more about this. And maybe it's a natural inclination that you kind of go to and we focus on the negative in a lot of ways. But there was a lot of positive to Officer French's life. And, you know, as we talk about, and we've talked chapter and verse about uh, the relationship that police have with their communities. And how do you change that relationship? Make it more positive. Community policing, you hear the terminology. Everything I have found about Officer French, not only from her fellow officers and co-workers, but from people who encountered her in the public have been, she was exactly the type of officer that we want on the Chicago police. I know. And I think about her kind of as this new breed of officer, right? She she was a young officer, hadn't been on the force long, but she just, from everything you hear about her, had like this passion for community, right? She, you know, she was in this special group, that was supposed to do exactly that, be in the community, be well-known, have that community emphasis. And, you know, we're hearing there's two rather glaring stories about how she, you know, stepped into two She's cases like a, and was a hero in a, both. A human and and brought a human side right. to, to policing. I, I, get, I need to remind you guys about the Angina Young story. This was the woman whose apartment was... Rated, rated uh, wrongly, and there's this video of her standing. She was naked. They, right. they gave, finally gave her like a blanket to try to cover herself while police went through her place. Well, Officer French was not part of the raiding party, but responded. And Anjanette Young, the woman who's suing the city over yeah. this wrongful raid, said that Officer French took her into the bedroom, let her get dressed. Showed her respect and dignity. And Janet Young says, the only person involved in this that did. Right. And, you know, in that case, it was, you know, raid, wrong raids happened, but she was naked. It was a big deal. She wanted to be not naked in front of these officers. Right. And the minute that um, Officer French showed up, she, that was the first thing she said. Listen, she's just, she just wants to get dressed. Let her get dressed. Right. You know, and yeah, that and allowed human for that to happen, part, to be a and human, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Again, that community emphasis, and then there was another case where mm-hmm. uh, a one-month-old was uh, 
the victim of a drive-by shooting, uh-huh. she rushed that uh, that uh, baby to the hospital. And, they, you know, and they give her credit for saving that baby's right. life. And there's video I saw of her. You know, it's kind of a far away, but you see the ambulance because mm-hmm. maybe she rushed up and then an ambulance took over. And she still followed that gurney into the into the hospital. And right. Yeah, just it, it's the, those are the things. Yeah, you're right. We need to focus on. I mean, all all kind. And we, of course, when a cop is shot, we just, you know, you can't help but fall into that, you know, mourning. And it's just so tragic. And mm-hmm. but you're right. It's you have to look at. And from the first minute we when she was identified and we heard about her, I mean, her brother came out and that's all he could say about her. Mm-hmm. Was you know? Oh my God! It was what a great person she was. Well, and 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 listen, it is again. It's it's a thing that when someone passes, maybe you you cover over some of the bad things. Maybe you maybe you exaggerate. I I would argue that everything I've seen about Officer French, no one had to exaggerate any of this. They didn't have to make things right. up. They didn't have to cover up her uh, anything. This was the person she was. That that this sense of duty. To a community and a different way of policing. My worry is, will this prevent the next officer French? Will this impact as this divide continues between a community and police officers? And my worry is, is it just because of who she was and how she did her job? Is that because... As we know, their guns were still holstered. Oh, you mean... You know, was she just saying, hey, was she going to pull him over and say, hey, dude, let me just give you some advice. You've got some expired tags here. That she here. didn't approach it yeah, from a, let me want, take my gun exactly, out. Exactly, because oh, someone, yeah, one of yeah, our yeah. listeners pointed out, you know, every stop is dangerous. Yes. They are. You never and know I, who's And I'm on not going to say that. that she didn't understand the danger, of course, but her philosophy may have been, I'm not going in here with guns drawn and blazing and open, you know, you have expired plates. Mm-hmm. It, you know, maybe she was going in saying, hey, and will I'm, I'm going to be the officer that helps you out here. Will that give a moment of pause to the next officer is yeah, what you're saying? Who, who yeah. might. How could it not? Yeah. And I mean that, I mean, this, I, I, she I, sadly. Like, how yes, could it not? This is what we want when you make a stop like that. We don't want you to go in thinking the worst. And maybe, Put a gun to everybody's yeah, head and that maybe you pull officers, over for speeding. Yeah, you need to understand, yeah, every stop has to be dangerous. It is dangerous. You never every, know. Anything that an officer does is they walk out the door, danger, danger, yeah. danger. But how you approach it, you know, it makes a difference. And here it is, this wonderful cop who, you know, the new breed who's going out and being, and now she's dead. So, yeah. And will and will that have a chilling effect right. on other officers who, who want to do I hope it doesn't. I know. I really do. To, I, I, you know, I hope we that, need more officer Frenches. I think. Yes, and and that the knee jerk reaction to the other extreme doesn't make anyone safer. Right. It, it just doesn't. You know. I and mean, we still don't. We don't know what you know what exactly happened. We know some details, right? We know, yeah. but we just don't until those facts come out. Well, it's not like there was a good reason to shoot the I, that's officers. How it seems. I mean, there's not going to be a good reason. There's never going to be a good reason. We're never going to have that. Yeah. It's just, it's ridiculous. I mean, right. she was shot in cold blood, period, both of them. But what, you know, what transpired there? What prompted a person to just open fire? Mm. When their guns were holstered, what was the, what, you know, how they were they, not threatening. They were not threatened as far as we know so far. So it uh, yeah we'll we'll have to wait until all the facts come out but what a tragic loss it it, it really it it makes me so much more sad to to Agreed. understand her yeah. life Agreed. just that 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 when you learn again as we've talked so much about 
the difficult job police have, the issues with certain communities and the police, trying to bridge that gap. Yeah, yeah. Officer French was an example of that type of policing. Yeah, so it seems in a, a really a tragic loss. And certainly there is a concern about what school will look like, in-person learning, and the the worry. And I think a very genuine concern that if we have some sort of a um, uh, lockdown, distance learning, shut the schools down, the impact it would have on kids. Joining us right now to talk about that impact is Jennifer Stefano, the VP of the Commonwealth Foundation and is a fellow at the Independent Women's Forum. Good morning, Jennifer. Well, good morning to you. So, obviously, there's probably a lot of parents out there. We're going to leave the kids out of this for right now. I know, you know, but a lot of parents out there that are worried about an extended lockdown, another semester or year of kids not being in person. Are we starting to understand more about the effect the last year, year and a half has had on kids? I think we will be feeling the after effect of COVID for years to come. I, I don't even think we're at the beginning of understanding what this did, not just to adults, but what it did to children. Um, I think you're going to find many people were harmed and died because of COVID, having never gotten the disease. Um, the mental health issues um, and other physical ailments that haven't been addressed um, because COVID happened, um, I, I really do fear, and the numbers we're initially seeing um, are sad and tragic. And we really have to think about handling this moving forward. We did what we did in 2020. We have to live with it, good and bad. I do not believe we can ever do that again moving forward. And uh, what about uh, the tolls you talked about were the important ones, but what about even educationally? What what happened? Well, before COVID, um, more than a majority of fourth and eighth graders in the United States of America can't do reading and math at grade level. Oof. So can you imagine what 2020 wrought? Um, and now we're, you know, we're coming around in 2021. I, I, and in many states just ended testing um, because of the pandemic. So I really fear to see what has happened to our children. I do not want a lost generation for America. I don't think anyone wants that. I like to think that. Um, but we have to get really clear. We're not going backwards. We're not going to do what we did before. We were taken by surprise. We did what we did. That can never be the protocol again moving forward. We're talking to Jennifer Stefano, the VP of the Commonwealth Foundation and is a fellow at the Independent Women's Forum. Uh, yeah, we have time to plan. Schools, uh, districts, are states are attempting to put plans into place. But even that is a bit of a shotgun approach might be the best way to put it uh, uh there is no commonality to it is that going to be a problem in and of itself well i think that decisions are being made at the individual local level is is the best possible way uh for people of communities to think through because then they can rapidly respond they don't have to do hard mandates without end in sight they can say okay if there's a big transmission if there's a transmission in an area or at a particular school right because even within a school district it might not be at every school in the district you, we should empower people to make the good decisions as they need and and put in temporary measures but there's scant evidence um, um, a professor from um, the john hopkins medical school and the head of infectious disease at tufts pediatric both came out and said they found one study, one, um, 
that was inconclusive on whether mask wearing for, mask wearing for children uh, matters or curb tr- transmission. Why would we ever do something like that or shut down again when we're still not sure what played the, defa- the deciding role? But on the other hand, the CDC has said that masks do help. So why not err on the side of caution? Yeah, I don't think that's the American way to always err on the side of caution because there are unintended consequences of that. And that is the toll that that takes on people's mental health. And there, it is inconclusive whether masks do actually stop the transmission in the way we think they do. And there's not evidence. This is not evidence-based decision-making. It's a, gosh, let's err on the side of caution. But on the other side of caution can be destruction. And um, we really have to think that through. And I think that, you know, look, I only have an anecdotal evidence. I, had, I have a gaggle of children. One of their schools, the adults were masked. None of the children did from the minute they reopened in 2020 mm-hmm. through to today. And there were two cases of COVID, none of which the children got, none of which were harmful or fatal, and none of which spread. So well, it can be done. Anecdotally, it was done where I'm at. So it can be done other places, and it has been. And, and Jennifer, I mean, you know, one of the, the things that we have seen, again, using evidence and science, is that kids have been relatively resilient uh, uh, to this, uh, have not been um, susceptible to, to the same level of harm that adults are, pre-existing conditions, the elderly, et cetera, the, the at risk. No one's put kids in that yet. Uh, will the, will a vaccine being approved for children? Is that another step? And do we think that will at least get to the point where hopefully we never even consider shutting schools down again? Right. Look, I think the government sows seeds of skepticism, and and I think this is why people are so skeptical. One of the reasons why people are so skeptical about the vaccines, particularly for their children, um, is that you're told, okay, get the vaccine, get the vaccine, you won't have to wear a mask, and then, nope, nope, there's a new strain, Mm -hmm. and we're going to all have to wear masks again. Yeah, look, viruses mutate. Uh, they do change. They're usually with us forever. Look at the flu. But I think, you know, it would be a lot better if the government did not demonize people that were skeptics of vaccines. I don't like the phrase pro or anti-vax. I'm vaccinated. My children will be vaccinated when they're old enough. But I appreciate and we should listen to the people who are skeptical. And I think, you know, this, this mask mandate or, or the, even the perception of it fuels skepticism of what will really help, which is vaccine. So I think that could be the answer. But the manner in which our leaders, particularly the White House and the CDC and some governors are handling this, is just sowing more seeds of skepticism for what the real answer is, which is the vaccine. Jennifer Stefano, the VP of the Commonwealth Foundation and a fellow at the Independent Women's Forum. We appreciate you uh, joining us today. And and really, listen, some of it is anecdotal, but we know that there are real world impacts to schools being shut down. And distance learning. The Delta variant is soaring. I mean, that's just a fact. Right. And kids are among the biggest group getting it now. So it's so we all know that that's a fact. And I guess you take it from there. Do you should it just should we just let it go run run rampant? Which obviously I think it will. But this gets into that balance as to at what cost. Right. At what cost? And if kids can get the Delta variant. But it is not hospitalization. Right. Certainly not, dying not, not death yeah. of it, right? The flip side being another year of school shutdown that Johnny can't read or write. 
And what does that, what path does that send him down for the rest of his life? Mm-hmm. Constantly being behind. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for employment, college, whatever it might right. be? Like there has to be an acknowledgement that there are effects to all of this and they may be very long lasting, long, longer lasting than any effect that COVID might have on you. I just, I just think that oh, yeah. has to be part of the discussion. Yeah. I, personally, as a parent, if it comes down to my kid has to wear a mask to go to school, put a mask. Wear, on. Put a mask. Oh, yeah. What is? I yeah. just, I mean, I get it. It yeah. is a. I hate wearing a mask. But if that's what it takes, and if that even if and to keep the school from shutting down, right? Exactly. exactly. Then just do it. Yeah. Everybody does laundry a little bit differently, and 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 I think it's one of those things where you you think you do it like everyone else does, until you meet somebody else. And then it all goes to hell in a handbasket. I remember one of the funny, yeah, 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 I wear t-shirts that have funny things on them sometimes or odd things, you know, movie you know, references, inappropriate things sometimes, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. But the funniest thing I've ever, ever seen on a t-shirt is the little tag in the back that said wash separately. <laughs> Are you kidding me? The only time I'm doing two loads of laundry is when I can no longer stuff things into the actual washing machine. Well, here, I'll wipe that laugh off your face. I did wash a top that said wash separately, but like you, I was like, I'm not washing separately, am I? It was pink. I bought it. It was a very, like, kind of a hippie top, which it was so cute for Got me. It. King County Flea Market recently. Nice. I put it in, and by the way, I do laundry not the right way. I put my whites in with my colors. I just was being wow. lazy. Yeah, like you guys don't do that. And I was being lazy, put it all in. Now I have ruined two pair of my favorite white pants, a dress, and another top. You say ruined, they just have a little ruined. pink hue to them now. You can't get it out. Yeah, pink you know. hue in splotches. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't get it well, I think that's something that Bruce and I could, we probably don't own a pink shirt. Or white pants. Or white pants. <laughs> <laughs> there you white go. White pants, yeah. yeah. White you know, pants. Our, our boss Marv had white pants on the other day. He looked pretty good. Okay. Marv is a different Not breed. Many of guys I'm going to guess he doesn't do his own pants. laundry either. Yeah. <laughs> when asked when doing your laundry, do you separate your items into whites and darks? 61% of you say yes. That means, add it up, a hell of a lot of you don't. And you're the ones walking around with some pretty interesting uh, um, splotches. <laughs> I never I guess. have enough whites to make a load. There I is never, that, you know, right? Even in the summer, I just don't have enough. Like so enough socks and undies. Yeah, There's I, the only whites I yeah, have. Yeah. I get lazy, and I never, not again. And I just bought another top that said that, and I could tell the dye. It's red. Mm. Oh, that's that's going to be washed up. So I have a um, uh, a a bad laundry story. So nice. when I was a little maggot. Growing up being raised by wolves, I had to figure out how to do laundry, and I didn't know how to do laundry. I'm alone in the house. So I took everything, I piled it in to the washing machine, and then I put soap, you know, you need to put soap on it, and then there was this liquid there, bleach, and bleach makes things clean. So I just poured it over top of the clothes. And I managed to ruin every single. I, my Everything t- came out tie-dyed. Oh, my corduroy. Exactly. Oh, nice. I looked like a hip. I had no idea. I thought bleach was just another word for cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> so I, that I, one I, the hard I, way. I learned that the hard way. Yeah. yeah. Stay away from that. Yeah. Huh. Well, well, there, there are so many contraptions on the 
It's amazing. Uh, yeah. A washer now. I like mean, a oh bleach, you, and just the little everything has to go in. You know, and I was doing when they first came out with the pods. Yes, little pods. I was putting them still in the little. No, you don't put them in the thing. In the drawer. Yeah, you, you just the throw them in. <laughs> Someone's like, can't you just throw those in? I'm like, what? And by the way, you put them in first. Really? You put the pod in first. You put the clothes in. Oh, so that the water it gets it and yeah, it yeah, dissolves yeah. as opposed yeah. to oh, no, your, clothes are going, have, yeah. your clothes are going round I, and round you know and what? the pods it's floating really on top. Right now, this is so sad that I'm taking laundry advice <laughs> yes. from Bruce, yes. oh, my, who doesn't even wash his mask. I no, hear. that's not a thing. It's not a thing. Hey, uh, Kevin, how are you doing this morning? I'm good, you guys, and my wife's going to be even more happy. I might get nookie nookie now. Oh, nice. Here we go. Yeah. All right, well, hold on. you got to win first, Kevin. What two songs did DJ Cheese scramble up for you? Number one is uh, Out of Touch, and the other one is Rich Girl. You got it. Nookie nookie yes. for Kevin. Did it for the nookie. Thank you, people. Yes, what? congratulations. You are a winner, winner. You got yourself a pair of tickets to go see Hall & Oates coming to the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater two weeks from tonight. Clear your calendar, Kevin. You bet, baby. I'm going to make it a long night. Love you, WL. Larry Lujak and everybody else. Here, here. Thank you very much. Congratulations to Kevin. Nice. Outstanding. He is our with. Good morning and a happy Thursday to you. Let's kick the 8 o'clock hour off. Take a look at the big three stories that people are talking about. If you build it. They will come, and boy, have they ever. Mm. 8,000 people headed to a ballpark on the Dyersville, Iowa farm where the 1989 movie Field of Dreams was filled, filmed. Sox Yankees will be playing on that field nice. surrounded by corn cheese. <laughs> Mask debates are raging across the country as parents are divided about having their children masked in school this as school kicks off this week and next, and in the coming weeks, it's going to be a big debate. We'll hear a lot more about it. Judy Pilat. The FDA expected to authorize vaccine booster shots for some people who have immune-compromised conditions. That could happen in the next day or two. Still no word on whether or when everyone else will need one. You know, technology, uh, as it continues to evolve, as it becomes pervasive in all parts of our life, absolutely everything these days, there is that balance between security, safety, privacy, accessibility, if you will. And Apple, yes, Apple, your iPhone manufacturer, is mm. doing something interesting that that. I count me as one who's a little concerned about how fine a line we're walking. Joining us right now to understand more about what Apple is up to is Teresa Payton. And Teresa's former White House Chief Information Officer and CEO of a leading cyber consultancy uh, firm, Fortalice Solutions. Teresa, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me with you today. So Apple says they are going to look for child exploitation images on iPhones in the United States. Is this an opt-in or an opt-out type thing? This starts to get a little bit hazy as to, well, what can they access on my phone, doesn't it? It absolutely does, and and it is puzzling. Now, there are three changes they are rolling out later this year. And just keep in mind, like your voice, my voice, and everybody listening to you, our voices matter and definitely voice concerns about what they're doing. So on the onset, uh, the fact that they know that this is a growing problem, that children are exploited using smartphones, using social media, 
um, is a good step in the right direction. But in execution, I am concerned about your privacy, my privacy. We know that uh, recognition technology is flawed at best mm. at identifying what it's seeing. Um, so, for example, it has problems distinguishing gender. It has problems with uh, people who people of color, um, different ethnic backgrounds. It Not only can it not match the name, but it has a trouble understanding whether it's a man, a woman, a young person, an adult. So we already know those problems exist with facial recognition technology. What problems will exist with sort of the explicit images technology? And who's going to be the judge whether or not that software working behind the scenes is actually working appropriately as it's intended? So, but they did say that they would, it would be reviewed by a human, right? So if the program picked up something that was just not nefarious, that a human would then look at it and determine, make the determination. That's true. But we're, we're starting to get to a point where, for example, I do have clients who have called us and said, there are things in my iCloud I never put there. And Ooh. we do the forensics and due diligence and we're able to show they didn't put it there. Somebody else did. And so, you know, what is going to happen? Um, so there's a couple of things I do really like about what Apple is doing. So let's talk about the positive things. The okay. first thing is, is the parents can actually turn on a parental control option that tells them whether or not their child who may have a smartphone, an Apple phone on their account, whether or not sexually explicit pictures are being sent and received to your child's phone. Uh, everybody's, is, everybody can be in favor of that, right? Yeah, I mean, that is something that, you know, a parent getting an alert, then that's that time that, you know, ha hopefully you had the conversation before yeah. children, are, you know, are engaging in that or somebody's just sending it to them and they didn't ask for it. But in, in the event you have that alert, then you can have that conversation parent to child. So that is a good feature that they're going to be doing. I think the part where, um, as a security and privacy expert, I'm a little concerned in practice and execution is the scanning of a phone, the scanning of iCloud for photos and messages, and then turning it over to another group. So I, I think we need to hear a little bit more about how they're doing that how that transmission of those photos is going to be protected. Uh, because if those are photos of your child that they're taking and you don't know about it and it's suddenly going to a third party, um, you know, if my kid wants to take an aspirin because they have a headache at school, I have to get involved. But if uh, for some reason your child doesn't, you know, you don't know your child has pictures like this and it's going to a third party, you don't get involved. So there needs to be a little bit more clarification around how this is going to work. She's Teresa Payton, former White House Chief Information Officer and CEO of a leading cyber consultancy firm, Fortalice Solutions. Because it strikes me this is, listen, child exploitation uh, sexual images, these 100%, we should be working to, to put an end to it, put a stop with it, find the criminals involved, and punish them to the fullest extent of the law. Full stop, period. Yeah. But I, I, have a, I have a friend who got a knock on the door from police because he had posted pictures of his kids in the bathtub. And they okay. were perceived as sexual images of children. And he had to explain... No, they're my kids, and they were playing in the bathtub, and there was a ducky involved, and they didn't show any wow. body parts. But you could see how somebody, yeah. either a, an AI or a human looking at pictures, could perceive your own pictures of your children in a way that it was they were never intended. 
And then you got to explain what they're doing on your phone. You got to prove you're innocent going backwards. That's my issue with it. Yeah, I mean, the scanning of social media platforms goes on today. And so that the social media platforms where people are posting content, that scanning does go on. You would like, I would like to think that human curation would apply some sense and judgment, but it's hard to know how this got reported. How did it escalate through the FBI for your, you know, friend to get sort of that knock on the door from law enforcement? But, but that scanning is going on today and that, and the scanning that happens has been a very phenomenal tool in finding victims of trafficking sure. and exploitation and in, you know, bringing about counseling. Um, you know, it's hard to bring about justice. You know, you, you do have the court of law. People can go to jail. But, um, you know, the victims have a long lifetime of recovery that they have to go through. Um, so there's, you're absolutely right. The scanning of user files against, they call them hash libraries, that um, sort of are, are, have gone through the paces and the technological testing and things. So these, these hash libraries do find pornography, child exploitation that's been posted on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, and many other uh, platforms that are out there. The question is, is, is when it's still resident on your private instance, mm-hmm. how exactly is that working? And will it accidentally grab other things that it shouldn't be grabbing? And again, how is that information and how is that data being protected? I'm, I'm with, I, it makes me uncomfortable. No, yeah. no two A's around it. And I'm not trying to hide anything, for goodness sakes. But again, it's your Plus, I feel like effects. the abuser will just find a way around it. Well, there you just is won't that. have Apple products then. Teresa, we well, appreciate your, yes. your insight into this. Thank you for your time today. Teresa Payton, uh, again, the f- former White House Chief Information Officer under President Bush. Nice. Worked under President Bush. Man. And uh, CEO of Fortalice Solutions, a cyber consultancy firm free Stephen avery yes. you're still on that one i i guess she's still on hashtag free Stephen avery i'm with it I, I i still think the lion king should be out i think he's right you know what he yeah. served his, I mean, he served you know his, time. He's he's paid talker, his debt to society right? but uh season four <laughs> of reasonable doubt returned to uh, investigation discovery the id channel uh just a few weeks ago it's going to be available for streaming in september and joining us right now that's right, one half of the, the hit series. She's criminal defense attorney Fatima Silva. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm well. How are you guys doing? Excellent. Thank you. You know, one of the one of the things you guys are, are doing in season four, which I think is is important work, by the way, and as a criminal defense attorney, I'm gonna guess you agree. Innocent people ending up in jail. People who did not commit the crime being convicted. Yeah, it ha- well, have first we of all, everyone people? in jail thinks they're innocent, right? That's fair. But there are actually there are some people who never should have been convicted, who did not commit the crime no. they've been uh, convicted okay. of. And you guys are looking into some of these. Uh, absolutely right. I mean, they they estimate um, you know that between ten around ten percent of you know people behind bars were wrongfully convicted. Maybe more, maybe less, but. If you think about that number and uh, about the population in prison across the country, that's thousands of people who yeah. have been wrongfully convicted. Um, along those so lines, it's definitely needed. Yeah, and I'm I'm curious because I get a sense that again, you're a criminal defense attorney. Technology, I'm thinking like DNA. It's exonerating some of these people, and or isn't it help? Isn't it helping prevent them being convicted to begin with? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, the science changes so much um, from DNA. I mean, we do a lot. Our show, I've experienced um, even fire patterns, right? There's, there have been people who are sentenced and convicted based on setting a fire. Um, and that science has changed. Wow. Um, the science of cell phone data. People are convicted every day in court based on cell phone data. And since cell phones came out, they've been convicted. But th- that science has really you know, it changed the technology. Now there are different ways to look at it and really get it accurate. There were so many issues before. So there are a lot of people behind bars based on bad science. We, as you know, probably in Illinois, I mean, we got rid of the death penalty just because of this. There were so many cases of wrongful convictions that, you know, the state didn't feel comfortable anymore. Okay, but, you and I know, I know it's been a while, but Stephen Avery... Fatima Ryan, still, still isn't he a case? Isn't he one of the most glaring cases? You know, I don't like to comment on each case. Everybody feels very different. What I will say is I, I'm very strongly opinionated on uh, at the trial level whether or not someone should have been found guilty, whether or not I personally felt there was sufficient evidence beyond a reasonable doubt. Um, and so whether he did it or not, I definitely agree that, um, that, that there, was, there was not justice at the trial phase. And, but, you know, we, this is the thing. We, put, we have to put faith in our justice system. Myself, even as a criminal defense attorney, I have to do this. I do it every day. Um, so I have to trust, not that our system always gets it right, because I know they don't, but the, those 12 peers that sit there, you, you just have to do your best to hope that they get it right. And if they don't, then yes, you, you hope that attorneys and judges and, and people step in to correct the wrong, but it doesn't always happen. Well, and, and, and again, we're talking to uh, Fatima Silva, uh, uh, one half of the hosting team there of uh, Reasonable Doubt. Uh, on the ID channel, uh, investigation discovery, uh, is, you know, we all want to believe that justice is blind. The reality is that, mm. you know, uh, not everybody gets the same defense. Mm. <laughs> not, not everybody has a presumption of innocence. And, and we start, some people start in a, a bigger hole, might be a nice way to put it. Right. Absolutely. I mean, look at the Robert Durst trial happening right now. Yes. Look at, I, I don't know if you guys are up to date. I watched that one, too. Oh, no, that got me started. <laughs> I mean, it's basically what you see is you're absolutely right. We all know this. If you have money that, that I mean, we've seen the many um, notorious individuals who they have a fabulous paid legal team and they're going to get off. And if you're coming in and you can't afford that and you have a public defender, you have different resources. And it may not even just be the, you know, the tired, um, you know, overwhelmed public defender because I have a, amazing friends who are public defenders and sure. they, um, I, I would definitely trust them with any of my clients, but it's the resources, right? So paid experts you see, um, and you see a lot of that on this show. Absolutely. There is implicit bias. We get in on this show. We get to talk to jurors. Um, we get to talk to folks. We even talk to some of the judges on the cases, and we find out more about what people were thinking about the case. And you can see there is implicit bias. No matter how much you tell people not to have it, we all have it, and it absolutely plays a role in the courtroom, and it's tough. Unfortunately, you see it happen a lot with street crimes, for example. Sure. Um, and so you, you have to be realistic and, and say, yeah, that there are absolutely some innocent people behind bars. We appreciate your time. Thank you for uh, your work on this, and it's going to be uh, fun to continue to watch Season 4. It'll be available streaming in September uh, if you're not watching along right now on Investigation Discovery, the ID channel. Thank you very much, Fatima.
Thank you. Thank Have you. Free Stephen Avery. And free um, Stephen yeah, Avery. Bye. You're still on that. I do love these shows, but you know what? I, I just get so mad when I watch them because they'll show me the reasonable doubt. And I'll be like, okay, this person deserves to be. And then now they... They don't get out. Well, I, I think, and, and, and listen, my position on, like, the death penalty evolved because of this. I, I admit, mm-hmm. I'm a pretty, pretty strong proponent of the death penalty all along until I started to find out more about some of these cases. And have we executed innocent people? Mm-hmm. And later they were, DNA found right. that they, they weren't the ones. And h- how can you, how can you continue to, with faith, do that if you can't with 100% certainty guarantee that they're the ones so i you know my yeah. position evolved and i went i don't know how comfortable i am putting people right. to death yeah i'm for the death penalty as well but i i don't know how we can do it correctly so i have a way I, you I, ready for my solution if they plead guilty i did it i'll do it again oh absolutely Th- that, that was okay. that was um timothy mcveigh right yeah, yeah. yeah. They, oh no you got the wrong guy with yeah. That. Yeah. i'm okay with the death penalty when they say yep right. that was me yeah but yep. not Did if it. they're screaming i'm innocent i'm innocent and we're, I'm, yeah i can't do it i'm i'm yeah i'm concerned about it um you know what we've got yesterday mayor lightfoot addressed the media and was asked questions about um the events of the of the last couple of days Specifically, uh, surrounding the death of Officer French and the, uh, the, the critical wounding of her partner. Um, one of the questions was, cause there was the pictures and the videos of officers turning their back. It, it's a thing <laughs> that comes to, but turning their back to the mayor when she, uh, uh, was at the hospital visiting. Right. right? A show of disrespect, whatever, whatever to say, kind of turn your, your back to her. And I'm not surprised, but I'll continue to be disappointed that Mayor Lightfoot downplayed that and basically said that uh, we, the people that reported on it and talked about it, were, were making something out of nothing. How delusional does Mayor Lightfoot have to be to think that there isn't a problem with the police? But here's my question. Whose job is it to fix it? 312-591-8900. 312-591-8900. Is it the mayor's job to bridge the gap? Olive branch, reach out uh, and fix it. Or is there a responsibility on the part of the police department, the officers themselves? Do they share in this responsibility? Well, that would be the best thing, right? If both sides came together. Why should it be, you know, contingent on one side to do something? They should both come together and try to, you know, and maybe have someone, you know, maybe the superintendent is the guy who can get them both together. Because I think police, you know, there was this then the second incident where police did not want her to show up at McCormick Place, which, by the way, is where the um, community safety team is based. based out and of. that's what um, Officer French, uh, was, French a was a member of. Mm-hmm. So they did not want her to come. Um, uh, one of the deputy uh, chiefs delivered the message to the mayor, and she did not go. Mm-hmm. So there's an example of, so she said, okay, they don't want me to come. They don't, didn't want to hear from her. But the superintendent did go. They didn't want him to come either, but he did go. He apparently cleared that room of only cops, and they let him have it and told him what was. So there, uh, to me, great. There is a start. They told him what was listen to the grievances, yes. hear What's what been they're bothering saying them. Yes. And then, you know, because he ultimately works for the mayor, right? He mm-hmm. has to report to the mayor. They all work for, you know, for the city of Chicago, for us. 
So, I mean, there's a start, at least. And she didn't show up. And maybe maybe the criticism, even though she was quick to come out and say, because wouldn't anyone, if you're being criticized, you're very quick to, of course, defend yourself. Yeah. So the fact that she didn't go to that second one, at least is a step in the right direction. Yeah, you know, we've heard from from the, the, the people that we talk to, the people that are near her, that she she has kind of a, a bubble. Uh, she has a lot of people around her. Maybe tell her what she wants to hear. And I think it's important she starts hearing things she doesn't want to hear and starts hearing some of the cold, hard truth out there. Because, you know, I, I don't disagree that there's some shared blame, if you will, in this fractured relationship. But I I don't know if it's 51% or higher, I think it tips on the side of the mayor to solve it. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I think it's more the mayor's responsibility as that centralized figure, as that elected representative that you are supposed to be solving these problems. Well, if police don't feel supported by the mayor, I mean, that's a problem. And, you know, people have come out, even on the station, and have said things that the mayor makes it clear that she distrusts. I've never heard her say that. And I will disagree with that. I, but if the police feel that they don't have support in the reality. city, that's right. It's not. It's not that she has to come out and say it in words. By her actions or her inactions, police are saying they need they need her, her support. They need to see her supporting them, and so that has. And what to does change. that look like? I wonder, Dave. Right. in in Skokie, you're you're one of those people, right? Yeah, I am. I watched the city get destroyed last year, and they did nothing about it. You have uh, love. It's all part of a big group. I don't know if they did it to make Trump look bad, but every Democrat city in the uh, in the country was allowed to burn and pillage, and the police had to just sit there and watch it. And then we say, oh, you have to respect the police. They, you know, actions speak louder than words. When you have the mayor not say anything about the city being looted and burned down on Michigan Avenue. We had plywood boards on the major uh, retailers. I mean, this is insanity. And she acts like everything's fine. Well, and I don't disagree with you. I think that she is, she to a certain extent, I, I think she's ignoring some of the obvious. And even if she knows it, let's say, let's acknowledge that she's smart enough to know it. Okay, that she doesn't she isn't completely delusional and understands that there is a rift and understands that there's issues in the city. She doesn't come out and talk like that. She she comes out and 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 is so defensive and puts up the walls immediately that it makes you think that she doesn't acknowledge it's a problem or she doesn't right, think not it's serious. talking about it is almost worse than talking about yeah, it. Yeah, like how can that you avoid says it? something, yeah, right. Yeah, like but why again, are you avoiding I've, the elephant in the room? And I've said this before, her, and I don't know that she didn't respond to the, you know, when the city was in flames. Of course she did. But that, that, that being quiet, again, I go to back to that fine line she has to walk because that was her maybe acknowledging the other side of it, the people who are upset about the police. You know, there it's like, and just because you acknowledge that there's a problem there, it doesn't like me, doesn't mean I don't support the police. I do support the police. But there's this other rift going on, too. And as the mayor, she's got to walk both. She's well, gotta, didn't she look at both sides? Now, she basically believes she was elected. Because of a, As a maybe the Laquan yes. McDonald yes. case was going on at the right. same time that she was seen as someone who would stand up to the police in some way, shape, or form. 
So oh, she's a little damned if you do, damned right, if you don't. Right, or at least reform because, you know, there's a whole, there's a big group of people who are not happy with, you know, with what the police have been doing. Right or wrong, you know, you can't, and I hate that they have to lump them all in just because we have a, you know, a couple of cases, but they're, you know, it means a lot to these people. They are, they're tired of being pulled over. They're tired of being tar, what they feel is being targeted by the police. So you have to at least, you have to address that. But of course, you can't address it at the expense of the police. Yeah. I mean, the police are the police, you know, like I'm, I'm always shocked. I, I don't know how many times I can say this where I'm like, what are these people thinking that they can di- I would never disrespect a police officer. Even what I know, even I, there are cases where the cops deserve that rap they get. Those cops, those bad cops. Even so, th- you don't disrespect the police and you, you when well, they how say do you think you're going to get away with it. Yeah, but when they say halt, you stop. That's what's world? out of control. It's there's a it, there's a problem on both sides. We have to acknowledge that. But what has happened? And and you have yeah. to look to the mayor well, that it's so out of control. On, on the south side, you know, you can get away with shooting somebody else. Well, you can't get away and, with shooting cops. It, it, no yeah. one's getting away with and shooting see, a cop. And it's not. And we can't just look to the mayor. That is the state's attorney. That too. That to me is and where the, fact that, the problem yeah, really lies. People are not doing. Them. Yeah. Well, it's certainly an issue, and you, one that you again, I would just hope for Mayor Lightfoot. To be more cognizant and 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 a little more accepting of the reality and not painting a, a rosy picture that I don't think exists and I don't see it happening anywhere else. School is back. You know, some kids are already back in school. Oh, oh you poor man. kids. You know what? Sorry. Back in my day, in my day, <laughs> we didn't go back to school till after Labor Day, the Tuesday after Labor Day. That's when God intended you to go back to school. Yeah. But they are headed back now. Are they wearing masks? We're talking about it next on 890 WLS. It's the Bruce St. James Show right here on 890 WLS. Taking a look at traffic at 846. Good morning. He? he has that on vinyl somewhere. I want to hear you mix that in someday. Uh, Judy over there, I'm Bruce. And school is already back for some kids. Uh, the bit of, a, bit of a PSA. Watch out for the, the school zones. Slow down. Oh, yeah. You know, they're going to start popping up again. You've been blazing through the neighborhood. Uh, uh, and now you got to pump the brakes a little bit, get down to 15 miles an hour. As schools are heading back. But you may notice the kids are going back with masks on. Are your kids headed back to school? What is the mask policy at your kid's school? 312-591-8900. Because it remains a debate. Although, it remains a debate that strikes me that the alternative to it is worse. Yeah, I mean, I think the question is, are you going to dispute the mask policy at your child's school? And then what will you do? Not send your kid to school? I mean... They're, home, if they have a mask policy, that you're not getting in without a mask. Right. It's not like there are, you know, areas where they say, okay, you don't have yeah. to wear a mask. You do. No, everyone's wearing a mask. And remember we had that, the, we learned that CPS required you to sign up in advance if you wanted your child to be a part of their distance learning program, which is like a, a online high school program. 
But I think you had to have a medical condition. Yeah. Right. Not just and anyone could do it. Just you because had to you didn't want to. Two weeks ago. Yes. And a couple hundred did. Not hundreds yeah. of thousands did. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so I think a lot of people are coming to, they're, they're running out of options, might be a nice way to put yeah. it. Yeah. If they're, and if they don't want to, if they don't want their children to wear masks, I don't know what they're going to do because these, a lot of these school districts, you need to wear a mask. Period. We know some of the religious schools don't require it. Some of the private schools, again, there, there's some don't, some do. Yeah, that there's a, a hodgepodge of rules. And remember, this thing. is all even a month ago. We were not anticipating this. After no, we, were, th- we thought school, we were going back to yeah, normal. We thought we were, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, this is just because of the surge in the Delta variant, mm-hmm. and it seems we until hit a new milestone, didn't right. we? Um. 20,000. The 5%. Oh, in Illinois, yeah, the 5% positivity rate. In the state, though, Governor Pritzker has mandated masks in school pre Mm -hmm. through 12, public and private. And private. And private. Oh, and private. private. Interesting. um, So he can do that. Yes. Oh, well, and already there's a lawsuit. There's a a masking lawsuit. Yes. I mean, you know what? Your school tells you what your kids can and can't wear to school. Um, yeah, the, how, about their hair. There's code, yeah. yeah, there's a dress code. They, there's a hair straps. code. There's, yeah. Yeah. Nope. Can't wear no, spaghetti oh, straps. You know what? Yoga pants. Those are so... Can't wear yoga that's pants. That's at the top of the list now. Really? Okay. No yoga pants. Mm. So, when they... You know, I think they're... Legally, they can tell you, you have to wear a mask. The vaccine might be something else. I don't know that they can... They can't mandate. I don't yeah, think they can't so. mandate. I mean, even the state's not mandating it, but a mask, I think they're in good shape. To tell you that you have to, your kid has to wear. So to show you, show you how this works, though, we've got Tim in, in West Lafayette, Indiana. Head over the border a little mm-hmm. bit, and Tim, your kids have a bit of a different experience in Indiana. Right. Um, yeah. So they uh, have the choice to wear a mask or not. Uh, me and my wife and the older kids are fully vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I got a fourth grader and a kindergartner that just started, and they're quite used to wearing a mask and. We don't, uh, you know, if they, we told them if, you know, you want to take it off, you know, at recess, you know. Outdoors, things like fine. that. Yeah. yeah. Right, so, so you, what you're saying is your kids, they've not only gotten used to it, but kids are pretty resilient. Like wearing a mask to them is like wearing socks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to wear your if socks. you've been All masking right. your kids up, there are several right? parents who have not been letting their kids wear masks. And my wife is a nurse. So. Oh. The kids hear all the time about, you know, what we're trying to do is we're not, we don't want them to get sick. And then we don't want them to get our family and close friends that mm. we do gather with sick as, you know, that yeah. aren't right. So, well, I, I, I appreciate that. And, uh, and Tim, so in Indiana, at least it's, it's an option still. Mm. Um, but yeah, you can see how like little kids, you know, when you tell them, you know, you got to wear pants to go out of the house. Okay. <laughs> you know, even if they don't want to wear pants. <laughs> all right. You yeah. know, and they kind of, I see the little kids being much more okay oh, yeah. with the masks. They, they're, yeah, they're, they're just used, used to it. it. Exactly. Yeah. It just them, is. You know, it's that old thing, that old adage as a parent. You tell them to do something, they do it. What world Dang. Is yeah. Iron fist of Judy. I say, my mom would well, disagree you know, with that. My dad always said, which I always love, because we have a boss here who has been wearing her mask the whole time in deference to her children. Yeah. She makes them wear a mask. But I, I do recall my dad always telling me, do what I say, not as I do. There you go. 
my dad used to say, no one can be completely useless. They can always serve as a bad example. So, might be one of the reasons <laughs> why you need to one. have your uh, faith in humanity restored. Judy says she could do it for you now. Simone Biles has been a huge focus of the summer games, but another Houston area Olympian is also capturing the hearts of many. Tamra Mensah-Stock from Katy, Texas, She became, as you recall, the first black woman to win a gold medal in wrestling for the USA. Oh, yeah. She got her start in 10th grade at Morton Ranch High School. She quickly became one of the best in the state. So after winning gold, Mensa Stock said she would be spending her $37,000 prize on a food truck for her mom. She says it's been her mom's dream, and she told her five years ago, I will get you your food truck. So what will mom serve? Any guesses? Uh, barbecue. Barbecue. So barbecue. Oh, Texas, oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, it will be an Olympic food truck. Oh, nice. That's right? fantastic. I would use that. I'd put that gold, gold metal there. barbecue. There you go. Right there yeah. from, from the rearview mirror, yeah. swinging along there. So, yeah, people come and they say, is your barbecue good? Well, I don't know. We got a gold medal. Gold medal winning barbecue. Thank you, Judy. Restoring our faith in humanity. Uh Hey, we appreciate you spending some time with us today. Thank you very much. Bye. We'll do it again tomorrow. Yeah. Catch you guys anytime between 530 and 9. We'll be here. Uh, you know who will also be here? MG, b the posse yeah. over there in Mission Control. They hit all the buttons and make things happen. Uh, special thanks to our infant producer, Miranda, on the other side of the double pane bulletproof glass. DJ Cheese working the ones and twos. Hey, and Rob Martier in for Nick Gibbs. Uh, yeah. Sticking around. He's got the news, the traffic, the weather, the information, everything you need to know. He packages it together and gets you up to speed quickly. It's all coming up next right here on 890 WLS.